NOAA provides support to recovery efforts in Haiti, cleanup is underway for an oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico, and the public comment period is open on the second round of existing marine protected areas nominated to join the national system. It's February 3rd, 2010. Those stories are coming up today on Making Waves from NOAA's National Ocean Service. Last week, two NOAA aircraft fitted with high-resolution digital cameras flew missions over Haiti to collect photographs to help with recovery efforts. Altogether, the team collected nearly 3,300 images covering more than 690 miles. The images are being used for many purposes by agencies ranging from the UN to the Department of Homeland Security to the U.S. Agency for International Development. One of the uses of the photos is to help map out transportation routes for first responders. The images are also being used to locate areas where major demolition projects may be necessary for long-term recovery and rebuilding. Added to this, the photos will help to preserve a high-resolution record of the initial post-disaster state of the Port-au-Prince area. The aircraft are part of NOAA's Office of Marine and Aviation Operations, and they're equipped with high-resolution digital cameras and other sensors that specialize in collecting data to help with disaster response, scientific research, and environmental resource management efforts. That equipment is maintained and operated by the National Geodetic Survey's Remote Sensing Division. NOAA often provides this type of support following events like earthquakes, hurricanes, and tsunamis in the U.S. In international events, NOAA works closely with the Department of Homeland Security, with the Defense Department, State, Interior, and other agencies, to provide coordinated remote sensing response capabilities. This imagery is available to responders in Haiti and to the general public through Google Earth. It's on the web and via the latest geographic information system software. You can get more on this story and see some of the images taken by the aircraft on our website at oceanservice.noaa.gov. And all of us here at NOAA offer our deepest condolences for the people of Haiti. Further north in the Gulf of Mexico, members of the Office of Response and Restoration are now on scene near Port Arthur, Texas, to help respond to an oil spill that occurred on January 23rd. That morning, the towing vessel Dixie Vengeance and two barges it was pushing along collided with a tank ship called the Eagle Atome. That ripped a 15-by-8-foot hole in the tanker's starboard cargo tank, leading to a spill of some 10,000 barrels of crude oil into the Sabine-Natchez waterway. That waterway, if you're not familiar with the area, runs along the border between Texas and Louisiana from Beaumont, Texas to the Gulf of Mexico. The Eagle Atom is a double-hauled tank ship owned by a Malaysian global shipping company. It was carrying 570,000 barrels of crude oil to the ExxonMobil refinery in Beaumont at the time of the incident. The Coast Guard closed the Sabine-Natchez waterway to all commercial and recreational vessels following the spill, After the collision, local law enforcement agencies confirmed reports of noxious fumes coming from both vessels, and the Coast Guard informed NOAA that hydrogen sulfide gas may have been released from the spilled oil. Because breathing high levels of this gas can be deadly, residents and workers in and around the port were evacuated. The levels of hydrogen sulfide were later determined not to be hazardous, fortunately, and the mandatory evacuation was lifted at 6 p.m. Saturday evening. 
When the U.S. Coast Guard is the federal on-scene coordinator at the site of an oil spill or other hazardous material incident, the Office of Response and Restoration provides scientific support. And that includes predicting where the oil is going and what its effects may be, identifying resources at risk, providing weather forecasts, planning for shoreline cleanup, and participating in overflights to collect data in video footage. NOAA will also coordinate with other state and federal trustees to assess injuries to natural resources and lost human uses. The trustees' activities lay the foundation for restoration plans, and ultimately they help the federal government determine whether the parties responsible for the spill should be required to pay damages toward restoring the injured resources. This heavily traveled waterway is a vital link in the nation's oil refining chain. It represents approximately 6.5% of the nation's gasoline refining capacity. So reopening the route and restoring commerce are top priorities. Finally today, we're going to talk about the National System of Marine Protected Areas. The effort to create this national system began back in 2000 with a presidential order. At the beginning of the effort, we had marine sanctuaries, estuarine reserves, monuments, no fishing zones, and state and national parks that include ocean resources, all managed by different agencies. Some were created by the federal government, some by states, some by local and tribal governments, and each protected area had separate requirements and different levels of protection. So the goal of the national system is to tie all these areas together to work towards common conservation goals. This effort is being led by NOAA's National Marine Protected Area Center on behalf of the Departments of Commerce and Interior. We've come a long way since 2000. Here's a recap of where we are now. In 2008, the center reached a major milestone after years of work by releasing a new national framework. Now, this sets goals and guidance for the new system, and it sets the stage for how these protected areas are going to work together to conserve the nation's important natural and cultural marine resources. The first group of 225 sites around the country were brought into the national system in the fall of 2008. Now, this happened after several key steps. First, the managing agencies for these existing protected areas that wanted to be included in the national system nominated their sites. Then the public had an opportunity to comment. And finally, after this phase, the managing agencies for these protected areas made the final decision to join the national system. Well, we're now nearing the end of the second round of nominations for existing sites around the country. For this round, there are 32 new sites nominated to join the national system, and this is where you come in. Those sites are now up for public review through February 22nd. So surf over to mpa.gov to take a look at the nomination package. But once this public review period is over, the second round will be formally accepted into the national system. While the new system doesn't put new laws and regulations in place, what it does is set the stage so all the players who manage these areas can come together to better conserve our marine resources. And of course, the reason we need this is because our oceans are under threat from things like offshore development, overfishing, and climate change. We're facing declining fish populations, loss of coral reefs and other vital habitats, and there's a growing list of rare or endangered species that need protection. And we also risk losing important cultural artifacts and resources that are part of our heritage and are part of our economy. So the National Marine Protected Area System is a big step forward in making sure that we protect our ocean heritage. And again, the place to go to get more information 
and to review the second round of nominated sites is npa.gov. And that's the news for this episode, but before we go, I want to mention that we have some new pages on the NOS website. Did you know that per unit area, coral reefs support more species than any other place in the ocean? You want to learn how the Fishing for Energy program is turning old derelict nets into electricity? Did you know that a National Ocean Service program helps aircraft know where the ground is when approaching airport runways? These are just a few of the things you can learn about coral reefs, marine debris, and a program called Height Modernization. You'll find these topics from the Explore link on our homepage. These first three pages are just the beginning. We'll be rolling out newly designed topical pages throughout the year. So we hope you give it a look and let us know what you think. Our web address is oceanservice.noaa.gov. If you have any questions about this week's podcast, about the National Ocean Service, or about our ocean, send us a note at nos.info at noaa.gov. Now, let's bring in the ocean. This is Making Waves from NOAA's National Ocean Service. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. <laughs>